The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, we got breaking news going on right now, folks. Um, I don't think it requires me to go off my normal introduction. Let me just say that the United States Senate is voting (laughs) to proceed to debate as to whether or not we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. Actual repeal, actual replace. That's what's happening as you and I are speaking as we gather here on the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. High drama as John McCain has made it back to the United States Senate uh, among applause to his colleagues, bipartisan applause. Now, one outlet is already putting the vote count. This is C-SPAN 2. At 50 yes and 50 no to proceed to debate. Although the Democrats haven't officially voted yet. So I'm not sure where C-SPAN is getting that number. We'll, we'll sort it out here. Uh, you want to get in touch with the show on social media? Go to Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Go to Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, that is uh, C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O. You'll find an email link too on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, and uh, listening to the show live, easy to do. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher is also for on-demand listening. If you want to do it live, we'll do it live. Uh, go to theblaze.com slash radio, the Blaze Radio smartphone app, or the iHeartRadio app. Our presence on theblaze.com, the channels section. All of we uh, talk show hosts have our little channels on theblaze.com, the monster aggregator that is theblaze.com. Um and mine is the Chris Salcedo Show. So look for my mug and you'll know you hit the right place. All right. So we're going to, on the flip around, everybody in the cable channels, they're all focused on what's happening right now on the center floor. And again, I'm looking on C-SPAN 2's coverage. And they're already proclaiming, even though the Democrats haven't officially recorded their votes, they are saying that all the Democrats are going to vote no. By the way, here comes Mike Pence. Let me get over to Fox News Channel, and we'll uh, lead up to Mike Pence casting the deciding vote to proceed. Hold on a second. Uh, To pass the motion to proceed, but that's what they've done today. So now they'll proceed to the rest of the process uh, to try to get a bill together that they can get 50 votes on. Whether that's possible or not remains to be seen. It is certainly unlikely. Mitch McConnell's ability to wrangle votes is is widely talked about and today has, has come to fruition. Uh, that said, the pre- there is an other enormous news in Washington. It's hard to remember a news day quite like this one. For a third day, the President of the United States has taken aim at his own Attorney General. Yesterday, the Attorney General was beleaguered. Today, the Attorney General, according to the President, is weak. The President's new communication director, Scaramucci, said this morning that he believed that it was going to be necessary for Sessions to go and then said he didn't want to speak for the President on this matter. And it appears to be a cat and mouse game between the attorney general, who was the president's first major supporter in the United States Senate, first to endorse him, 
and now appears to be uh, have his job very much in jeopardy. Uh, there are media reports today that uh, Senator that that the Attorney General is furious over this matter, and we'll see how this proceeds. Will he at some point resign? His 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 friends say no. Will the president fire him? We shall see. Right now, Vice President Pence speaking on the floor. Divided. The Vice President votes in the affirmative, and the motion is agreed to. Clerk will report the bill. Calendar number 120, H.R. 1628, an act to provide for reconciliation pursuant to Title II of the All right, so it's passed. There's Vice President Pence casting his deciding vote. 51 to 50 in the United States Senate. They can now move on to the House bill. from Arizona is recognized. Here comes John McCain. President. I've stood in this place many times and addressed as president many presiding officers. I've been so addressed when I've sat in that chair, and that's as close as I'll ever be to a presidency. But anyway, <laughs> it's an honorific we're almost indifferent to, isn't it? In truth, presiding over the Senate can be a nuisance, a bit of ceremonial bore, and it is usually relegated to the more junior members of the majority. But I stand here today looking a little worse for wear, I'm sure. I have a refreshed appreciation for the protocols and customs of this body and for the other 99 privileged souls who have been elected to this Senate. I've been a member of the United States Senate for 30 years. I had another long, if not as long, career before I arrived here, another profession that was profoundly rewarding and in which I had experiences and friendships that I revere. But make no mistake, my service here is the most important job I've had in my life. And I'm so grateful, so grateful to the people of Arizona for the privilege, for the honor of serving here and the opportunities it gives me to play a small role in the history of the country that I love. I've known and admired men and, admired men and women in the Senate who played much more than a small role. Senator in John McCain from Arizona, uh, and I can tell you that his left eye has stitches over it and that's that was his reference to looking a little worse for wear and uh a lot of folks have, uh, were kind of concerned uh after having brain surgery and and uh taking flight with changing pressure uh and uh, I, I well I, I mean, this is noteworthy because senator john mccain is taking the floor for the first time since he was diagnosed with that what they classify as rather aggressive form of of brain cancer so we don't know exactly what his prognosis is but there is john mccain as part of the flip around again speaking about the deliberative body in which he's a part for the last 30 years for better or for worse and i was a bit struck that he qualified his service in the senate to exceed his service in the united states armed forces and my opinion of John McCain has been the exact opposite. I think his conduct in uniform, serving this country in the military, was what distinguished him. His conduct inside of the United States Senate has been disgraceful. As he has sought to undermine conservatism and expand the ever-growing presence of the state in our lives, along with his Democrat colleagues. So... Uh, in short, I'll have to disagree with the senior senator from uh, from Arizona 
on where, well, he may value his time in the Senate more than he did in, as uh, his time in uniform. I will say the nation could be, should be more grateful for his time in uniform than his time in the Senate because his time in the Senate has been at times reckless. His time in the Senate has been at times disastrous for this country. His time in the Senate has been at times detrimental to liberty, freedom, and the advancement of the rights of the individual in this country. So uh, that, look, it does no good to do the rest of the flip around right now, folks, because uh, frankly, everybody is focused on John McCain and what he has to be um, uh, talking about. I guess we can dip in for a, a few more seconds before we go to break. Some role in it. Certainly I have. Sometimes I've let my passion rule my reason. Sometimes I've made it harder to find common ground because of something harsh I said to a colleague. Sometimes I wanted to win more for the sake of winning than to achieve a contested policy. Incremental progress, compromises that each side criticized but also accept. Just plain muddling through to chip away at problems and keep our enemies from doing their worst isn't glamorous or exciting. It doesn't feel like a political triumph. But it's usually the most we can expect from our system of government, operating in a country as diverse and quarrelsome and free as ours. Well, it has been freer, Mr. McCain. We have been freer in this country as a result of your party's inability to stand up to the last occupier of that Oval Office and make him adhere to the Constitution of the United States. And that's why we find ourselves in the mess that we are in today. Uh, Congressman Pete Sessions will be in to talk with us next on the Chris Salcedo Show. And now, see, since we've since we've moved past this this stage, now they're they're going to move on to the House bill. And they're going to debate. They're going to they're going to offer amendments to the House bill. Uh, we'll see how that goes, and we'll see what Congressman Pete Sessions says he hopes will come of it on the Chris Salcedo Show, right here on the Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I, I should touch base on what Shepard Smith was talking about before he had uh, passed the baton on, if you will, to Vice President Pence to move the Senate on to debating the House uh, Obamacare repair bill. Uh, he was talking about this ongoing feud between the President of the United States and the Attorney General of the United States. According to Shepard Smith, the Attorney General is furious. Well, I, and I can understand why he would be. I would be furious too if one day I found out that, well, furious wouldn't be the actual word. I'd be hurt if I found out that, for example, Glenn no longer had confidence in what I was, what I was doing here on the air every day. But the 
the issue wouldn't be, gee, uh, I'm upset. I really, you know, uh, my, my job would be to figure out how what I was doing on the air that wasn't comporting with what the overall agenda of the, the Blaze tribe, how what I was doing was outside of advancing the tribe's interest. So that would be my job. So Jeff Sessions, uh, who we had in the program, this was, of course, before this whole kerfuffle ballooned up, but apparently this has been simmering in the president's mind for quite some time. Uh, the president has been fuming, uh, allegedly, over his recusal. I don't know that that's it in toto. I just know the president's ticked off. Takes the job, gets into the job, recuses himself, which frankly, I think is very unfair to the president. How do you take a job and then recuse yourself? If he would have recused himself before the job, I would have said, thanks, Jeff, but I can't, you know, I'm not going to take you. It's extremely unfair, and that's a mild word to the president. Now, this, this was laid out last week. And it continued over the weekend, and we read the tweets to you yesterday about President calling the Attorney General beleaguered. He's jumping all over him because uh, of his lack of interest in justice for Hillary Clinton. Not for her, for the American people against Hillary Clinton. The American people have demanded justice because James Comey had determined that she had violated the law, but she never saw any repercussions for it. And for all of you Democrats out there, all you liberals out there who say, oh, she lost an election. I'm sorry, but losing an election doesn't exonerate you from violating the law. And this whole idea that was invented under the last administration that you that if you're a Democrat, you uh, in, only if you intended to violate the law, can you be prosecuted? That's just obscene. It's insane. So Trump seems to be throwing everything out there that is frustrating his base and laying it at the feet of the attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Does he deserve all of it? I don't know. Uh, I don't think he does. Although I will say this. I think the American people are sick and tired of people like Hillary Clinton. And she's not the only one, but people like her getting away with breaking the law. Things that you and I couldn't get away with. Now, Rand Paul is backing up the president's frustration with the attorney general. You know, I think the president has a point because the thing is here is that if everybody's going to recuse themselves just for incidental contact, I think you don't get really good governance. I believe that Jeff Sessions' contact with Russians was incidental. Handshakes. In the, in the, in the usual duties of being a Senate and in being incidental, he should have stayed in the fray and he should have been supp more supportive of the president. There are a lot of establishment Republicans who support Jeff Sessions recusing himself because he had met with a Russian that he was perfectly able and obligated to do as a senator. And I, that's what Rand Paul is saying. It's like, come on, man. If you're going to criminalize a guy doing his job and saying that he can't serve in government because he did his job, that's just... That's just patently insane. Uh, Dan writing in on Twitter. Hold on. This is just coming right across. Loyalty to 
DT as Donald Trump is absolutely required. Loyalty from, from DT, however, is absolutely unattainable. DT is only about DT. Uh, Danny is basically uh, taking the line that, that Donald Trump uh, demands loyalty of those who uh, serve in his administration, but is not willing to return that same loyalty. But I, I would offer to Danny, now I'm not saying the president's right or wrong. I'm just saying that the president believes that Jeff Sessions didn't show any loyalty with his recusal. But I, I don't think that's enough. Uh, meaning, I don't think that's the reason why we're seeing the president doing what the president is doing. I, I, I honestly don't. I, I, there's, there's something else going on that we don't know about. And I, I, I don't even want to speculate as to what that is. I will take you back to when I joked on Friday about the reason why Scaramucci was named communications director and then Sean Spicer uh, resigned. I joked that Spicer was the leaker, and I still think that's a joke. But apparently some of the folks he hired... Some of the folks the RNC put in there didn't have Trump's best interest at heart because they're leaking. And Scaramucci, and we, we outlined this yesterday, he is going to town on finding those leakers. So is there something of that caliber going on? Uh, I would, I, I can't imagine it's Hillary Clinton getting away with it that really has his attention. I can't imagine it's the double standard of Democrats get to avoid justice and Republicans get the book thrown at them. I, there's something else going on here. And I don't know what it is. But this type of behavior from Donald Trump, I don't think is... Um, uh, it's, it is not explained by his tweets. Let's put, that, put it that way. Is Bob Mueller part of this whole discussion? Absolutely. Bob Mueller and his directive or lack thereof from the deputy attorney general, who knows that uh, th this could be a way to get to, to get to Rod Rosenstein and, and basically say, let's put some focus on you. How come you didn't limit the special counsel to looking at Russia collusion? I'm sorry, Russia uh, interference in our elections. And if you fought, if you stumbled on collusion, that could be fine. But all of a sudden this, this thing is spiraling into Trump's businesses that aren't even associated with Russia. So why are they doing this? As we have said in the past, we believe that Bob Mueller has been tasked with finding a crime, any crime anywhere to force Trump out. Fox News panel was speculating, by the way, uh, if Trump had leaked on Sessions. There was a story that ran in the Post. Check this out. Because I must say the thought occurred to me on Thursday, you have the president basically saying, I'm really unhappy with Jeff Sessions and I wouldn't have appointed him. And the next day there is this leak of information. <laughs> I you see you smiling about the fact that Sessions may have misled everybody about what he talked to Kislyak about. Do you think? I mean, is, is there obviously the thought has occurred to you? It has occurred to me and many other reporters. I'll just go with what the my friends at the Washington Post said about the story, which is that they have been working on this information since June. Yeah, Pete Sessions next.
Sato Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, let's get to our first guest today. Congressman Pete Sessions, 32nd Congressional District, Chairman of the House Rules Committee. Congressman, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for being here. Before we get into the meat of what I wanted to bring you on for, what is your hope that they're going to do over there in the Senate? What are you hoping for? Chris, we, we need the Senate to actually produce a bill, and you and I have not spent a lot of time on this this year, but do you believe that Republicans have better ideas in health care? Yeah, a lot of Republicans I know do have. I I really wish those ideas would find expression in legislation, though. (laughs) I really do. No, that's the point I want to make. Secondly, then do you believe we should do those things? that solve health care because we can. The health care problems are, can be solved. And the reason why I say that is if we do not do this, if we fail to do this, single payer is around the corner. Oh, yes. And we just played Charlie Gard's parents that, I don't know if you've seen that yet, Congressman, but it'll rip your heart out, bring your tissue if you do watch that video that shows the collectivism, the socialism that the U.K. has undertaken, the canary in the coal mine, is why we need to turn around and stop that here in America. Let me talk about... That's right. That's right. Let me and talk... So, yes. Yeah. So what I need us to do in the Senate is to appropriately be disciplined, make, make votes that, that are not tough. They are free market opportunities for this health care system to work well in America. That's what I want. We can describe it to people, but the bottom line is... We need to solve the health care problem in this country, or we will lose the private physician, and we will all end up at hospitals who then will be on the butcher on the cutting block also, and we mm-hmm. must not allow the government to run the system. All right, tell me about the Make America Secure Appropriations Act. Tell the folks what this entails. Okay, the Make America uh, Safe Appropriations Act is an opportunity by the United States House where spending must start constitutionally. It has to start in the House of Representatives to go through several of the 12. We're going to take four of the 12 bills. We have brought them to the Rules Committee. We have allowed people to make amendments against them. They involve MILCON or military construction and VA appropriations energy and water appropriations bills what is that that is uh as you know uh corps of engineers and water projects that are important defense appropriations funding the defense department uh and to make sure that what we that what we do in that process is fund the united states military we also have in addition to that uh, the piece about the border wall. The mm-hmm. president has asked that we will not only fund the border wall, but we will give spe- specifics to that. And we were very specific 
last night about what we're doing. Also, we have legislative branch. We have to fund the Capitol, the police officers, the changes that have been made that came to our doorstep. Uh, And so those four appropriations bills are before the Congress as we speak. Yeah, folks, what you're hearing is what they called regular order. When the Democrats ran things, 12 appropriations bills never happened. They just did continuing resolutions, and uh, many theorized it's the reason why we're so far in debt, $20 trillion in debt, because we've had irresponsible governance for so long. Congressman Pete Sessions, everybody, 32nd Congressional District is our guest right now. You mentioned the border wall, and I wanted to see if it was on your radar screen, on Republican leadership's radar screen, and even the president's radar screen, the tragedy down in San Antonio. Now, many progressives, Congressman, you know, have said with these 10 individuals being uh, dying in that truck in the sweltering Texas heat, they're saying it should be uh, a clear message to America we need to violate our laws. Uh, Conservatives say it's a clear message that we need to enforce our laws. Where are you? Well, it's real simple, and I've I've been this place. Uh, Chris, you may remember from my background, I've lived on the border a a number of Mm -hmm. years. I've seen it firsthand. The facts of the case are simple, and that is Barack Obama and the Democrats for eight years allowed our country to be overrun, not only overrun at the border by people, but also drugs and narcotics and contraband that uh, have have escalated to the point where you know this over the Fourth of July weekend, over 100 people shot in Chicago. What is that about? Well, it's a $3 billion drug market. We have allowed the country to turn into and escalate towards open violence with drugs, drug gangs, illegals that roam our streets, and they are inflicting huge damage upon us. What do we need to do? We need to protect our borders. We have no sovereignty if we cannot take care of our borders. In this case, this was some 28 miles in the lower Rio Grande Valley where that we are going to add, finally, I will call it fencing, a deterrence. It is not the wall. It is a deterrence mechanism that will be in place that will allow our men and women who are down there to effectively, more, more effectively control the border. And then upper Rio Grande Valley, not to Big Bend, another 32 miles, and then lastly, some 12 miles outside of San Diego of fencing that was put in 20 years ago that has been uh, beat up and uh, and, and is no longer uh, worth its salt to hold people out, so we're going to reinforce that that fencing. This is All all necessary. Of course, I'm for it. Now, now, and there will will there be actual physical barrier wall barriers built along the border with funding that's being made available? In fact, there will be, but I want to describe it to you. It has a term, uh, bollard fencing. So here's what it is. Chris, as you know, uh, literally all this land is owned by private individuals. Correct. It is not owned, unless you go out to Big Bend, which is a, a federal national park. And we are working with people who down there also are sick and tired of people running across their property and using it as as havens for for drug deals and illegal activities. There is what I believe a big agreement that they will allow this high fencing that you can see through, Mm -hmm. that you can, can, uh, unless you've got a 22-foot ladder, you can't get over (laughs) it. But on top of that... 
it will it will really funnel people away from that to where they can more readily then control the border. Is this going to stop it? No. Is this going to create a barrier to where we can effectively have operational control of the border? Yes, it is. All right. Last and, uh, well, and actually, best of all, the president the president supports this. This is the president's request, and we're going to fulfill it. Got it. Uh, I have a couple of uh, two quick questions. First off, as you know, Texas, in the wake of the irresponsibility of the last eight years, the last Democrat administration, Texas stepped forward and put forward a lot of money to uh, to basically protect Texas citizens from that that open border. Is there any talk of getting Texas reimbursed for that money? Uh, there, there are from time to time funds that are available. The bottom line is we believe with what we're doing, it will ease Texas role in, 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 in saving literally our sovereignty. Uh, the Obama administration was the, was not the least bit interested in helping. As you know, they did not uh, appreciate what uh, governor Perry, governor Abbott are doing and the legislature, so uh, what I would say is we're going to get these things built very quickly, which would then diminish or lessen the role that Texas would have to be. I have been down with our men and women along the border. I have been in them with their boats up and down the Rio Grande. Yeah. We are doing things now to build deterrences that will help them. I've only got about 30 seconds left, Congressman. Russia, North Korea, Iran sanctions. The White House a little concerned that the this strong uh, sanctions legislation coming to them will not have off-ramps so that we can reward, let's say, the Russians, the North Koreans, and the Iranians if they start behaving as civilized countries. Will there be plenty of flexibility for the White House to make deals in this sanctions package? Well, there are deals, but they got to come through Congress. And this is where we believe that what President Obama did was not only wrong, but what he did, I believe, in some context of making a foreign deal was unconstitutional, at least where we where we look at the Senate. So, no, it simply means you can go cut all the deals you want, but they got to come through Congress to be approved. All right. Congress and Peace Sessions, Article everybody. 30... One, Article 2 and Article 3, brother. Yeah, okay, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Congress and Pete Sessions. Are, Chris, Chris, hey, no, I get it, I get it. Obama, Obama abused the, the executive branch, I get it. That it, And I, I actually, a lot of people can take comfort that the legislative branch is reasserting its proper role. Congressman Pete Sessions, everybody. 32nd Congressional District, Chairman of the House Rules Committee, sir. Always appreciate the time here on the Salcedo yeah, Show. Chris, you bet. All right. All right, as we go to break, folks, Senator Collins and, and Lisa Murkowski, Senator Collins from... Maine and uh, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, they were the ones who voted not to allow debate on the Obamacare repair bill. Um, it has been my experience that most leftists don't want to debate because their ideas are so poor and indefensible. That's why they take, they take control over the levers of power. They take the weapons away from people because when you control the people, there's nothing to debate. You don't have to listen to differing perspectives. That's uh, the immediate takeaway from the revelation that Senator Collins and Senator Murkowski, alleged Republicans, voted not to debate. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. 
You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, folks, welcome back. Glad you've tuned into the program today. We're going to get into Obamacare and the debate that is before us and the frustrations that are before us. Uh, before we do all of that, I, uh, the president was speaking yesterday to the Boy Scout Jamboree. And for those of you who had forgotten about this, who are not Boy Scouts, there's a good reason why. Uh, You may have forgotten about this. By the way, just a question. Did President Obama ever come to a jamboree? Wow. I I don't think they're very happy with President Obama. I, I guess he never showed up. And we'll be back. We'll be back. The answer is no, And but we'll be back. I guess that President Obama didn't share very many values with the Boy Scouts of America. You know, uh, love of country probably being chief among them. But uh, I I thought that was rather telling that the Boy Scouts and their infrastructure and and the young men they're bringing up uh, really had no love for a leftist. And I I have to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, you guys know I abhor leftists. And the reason why is because of their freedom-robbing, centralized government BS. And the Democrats rolled out their, their, their new, uh, I don't know, party, party agenda, uh, fully recognizing that it was President Obama who had sunk their prospects. Basically, this is the Democrat Party admitting that resident Obama was really bad for their party so that because remember during the last eight years they said that Obama was the best thing the greatest thing since sliced bread however Democrats were losing elections by the well by the hundreds over 1,200 elections lost nationwide under his administration and Americans rightly recoiled at left-wing extremism so they are admitting that they've got to retool here. And uh, what's disappointing is they've, they've learned nothing. They've just repackaged all their, their left-wing crap and uh, are, roll, are re-rolling it out. And you know what? They're, they're, not even, they're not even attempting to really hide much of it. Number one, we're going to go after the drug companies. We will create a special, special... Uh, office that will just go after these drug companies when they raise prices so egregiously and people can't afford these drugs. So what's old is new again. Uh, Is it really old that Democrats are going after companies? Now, look, uh, drug companies, I think they have uh, undertaken a lot of crony capitalism, as have the traders insurance companies. So uh, I don't mind. I don't mind the Democrats going after them so much, uh, uh, the traitorous insurance companies. But see, what, what the dirty little secret is here is that these Democrats, they get paid off by, the, by Big Pharma, by, by the traitorous insurance companies and these big medical groups. We've already been through this. They get paid off. This is all lip service, trying to uh, convince Democrats that Democrats, they're fighting what is hurting America. When actually what's hurting America is them, the Democrats. I mean, Big Pharma wouldn't be able to get anywhere if if 
I mean, into our lives without earning it, meaning earning our business, if it wasn't for government. They wouldn't be able to get, they, the traitorous insurance companies wouldn't be able to interfere in our lives if it wasn't for government. Government sponsored by who? By Democrats. Liberal extremist Democrats. Don't forget, it was they who gave this massive payoff to the traitorous insurance companies. It was they who gave it to them in Obamacare and forced us to buy their products. So this is all BS. I got more on this, and we'll talk Obamacare coming up next. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey. 